The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The January 10th edition is brought to you by Orcas Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of January 10th, 2024. Hillary Canty to retire from Community Foundation. Doug Bechtel retires from Actors Theatre. Rotary Club, 20 years of making a difference. Lopez Lobos played their hearts out against the Lummy Nation. New J-Pod Baby. Plus choice excerpts from The Sheriff's Log. First, this from The Island's Sounder. Hillary Canty to retire from Community Foundation. The Orcas Island Community Foundation Board President Angela Foster announced the upcoming retirement of Executive Director Hillary Canty. We are fortunate Hillary shared 17 years of her life with OICF. She helped build a strong and vibrant organization and will continue to serve and assist us in finding a new Executive Director to lead this incredible organization. Founded in 1995, OICF's mission is to foster philanthropy to enhance and preserve the quality of life on Orcas Island. OICF efforts are focused on supporting the needs of the Orcas Island community, strengthening the social safety net, expanding arts and education opportunities, and supporting environmental stewardship. This is accomplished through grant funding, board leadership education, organizational development, network building, and community engagement. This work is only possible with the support of hundreds of community members who contribute financially and volunteer for the local nonprofits that provide vital services for all of Orcas. Under Canty's leadership, annual grant-making facilitated by OICF has grown from $70,000 in 2012 to over $6 million in 2023. In 2013, OICF launched Give Orcas, a twice-a-year community-wide participatory granting effort that provides significant support to vital programs serving the Orcas community. In 2023, over 1,000 donors contributed through Give Orcus, resulting in $837,000 in grants to 32 local nonprofits. Using Give Orcus as a guiding backbone, OICF opened a Community Emergency Response Fund in March of 2020 providing a central collection and distribution point for community needs throughout the pandemic. OICF coordinated weekly check-in calls for all service providers and encouraged a collaborative response to the crisis. In the three years of crisis response, $2.5 million was distributed to a wide variety of programs providing safety net services. The Foundation currently stewards over $24 million in 185 funds for the community. These include donor-advised funds, permanently and temporarily restricted designated funds for organizations, scholarships, and a wide variety of field and interest funds. The Foundation is forever thankful for the trust such donors have in the OICF operation. 
The Community Foundation has been a catalyst for collaborative initiatives such as the Dental Van Program, Early Childhood Education Initiative and Reproductive Health Initiative, all launched during Canty's tenure. This past year, OICF facilitated the purchase of the Pea Patch property, which will become a community campus for services, classes, and housing. The OICF board is dedicated to finding a great next director to continue to build on the phenomenal foundation that has been laid. For further information or confidential inquiry, please contact Jack Groban at jack at jackgroban.com. Doug Bechtel Retires from Actors Theatre by Toby Cooper Time and tide, the proverb goes, wait for no man. So wrote Geoffrey Chaucer in 1395, 629 short years ago, to rail against the sins of procrastination. With a wistful nod to the ticking clock and the movement of tides beneath his ship, Doug Bechtel agreed with the old bard Chaucer and announced his retirement from Actors Theatre Orcas Island. Bechtel's imprint on the local performing arts is pervasive. He has produced and directed countless theatrical events, as many as 100, he thinks, mostly under the umbrella of ATOI, which he founded a quarter century ago. He has recruited hundreds of island residents, with or without prior stage experience, to act, sing, love, live, and die in front of their delighted friends and neighbors. Reaching beyond the stagecraft, Bechtel crafted bylaws and named officers so that ATOI would survive the test of time. Still, Bechtel came to his career in theater through an unlikely back door. Reflecting on his eclectic history, Bechtel speaks of graduating from the U.S. Coast Guard Academy in New London, Connecticut, and commanding Coast Guard vessels in Pacific coastal waters. His last command was in Cordova, Alaska. Upon leaving the Coast Guard, he bought a Cordova radio station and later joined the town's electric utility. I moved to Orcas from Alaska in 1988, he said. His first job was running Opalco, but he soon became involved with a high school production of Our Town. Every high school has to do Our Town at some point, he said. With that, Bechtel's life was changed forever. By the mid-1990s, Orcas Center was sponsoring a Reader's Theater series, which captured Doug's creative imagination. We would move all around the island, he recalled of the minimalist productions that needed almost no scenery or props. The last one we did was Neil Simon's 1977 Broadway hit, Chapter 2. We took it to West Sound, Deer Harbor, and The Outlook. By their Rosario performance, the cast rebelled, refusing to move every night, he recalls. A few years later, ATOI was born for which he has served as director, president, treasurer, and other roles ever since. At about the same time, Bechtel helped found the Orcas Island Community Foundation, Orcas Island's grant-making entity in support of community arts, non-profits, and education. 
In 2006, Bechtel's life changed again when Marie, his wife of 34 years, became incapacitated, and he shouldered the unfamiliar role of caregiver. He did so willingly, discovering that ATOI helped to keep me centered. Marie passed in 2020. Doug Bechtel is a gift to the community, says Tom McDonough, a key member of ATOI's governance and tech support. We all love and appreciate him as the finest kind of human being. We should name a mountain after him. Everyone who has been involved with an ATOI production owes Doug a debt of gratitude, says Tom Fiscus, who has both acted and directed. I know I do. With its roots embedded in nomadic readers' theater productions, ATOI never owned its own real estate. Accordingly, Bechtel adopted the island's humble Grange building as a home away from home. Built around 1880 as Orcas Island's first schoolhouse, the building was acquired by the Orcas Grange in 1938 for all of $126. Renovations in 1945 doubled the footprint, creating the playhouse configuration which, by 1995, attracted Bechtel's attention. With an early grant from the then-new OICF, the transformation to a community center was implemented. Five years later, Bechtel, Bill Westlake, and other Grange members spent another two years renovating the building and adding seating. We installed theater lighting, Bechtel says now. Today, Bechtel thinks of retirement in stages. I have given up control of ATOI, he says. I don't miss that. But he reads 50 plays per year, many sent unsolicited by admiring playwrights, with 14 on his current wish list. I am visualizing it on our stage as I read, he adds. Is it a good story? Can I find those characters on Orcus? And finding characters on Orcus is what sets this man apart. I go out of my way to avoid prejudging how well new people might fit a particular role, he says. Suzanne Gropper, Melinda Milligan, Linda Sanders, Liz Dunn, Larry Hempel, Tom Fiscus, and so many others have taken bows for years as Bechtel stands in the back, already taking mental notes on the next production. From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, Rotary Club, 20 Years of Making a Difference, by Heather Spaulding. The annual Rotary Spelling Bee, school nutrition program, 36 weeks, and working to eradicate polio are just a few Rotary Club of the San Juan Islands projects since beginning in 2003. On December 10th, members gathered at the San Juan Island Grange to celebrate their 20th year. 75% of our dues goes toward the community, founding member Barbara Fagan told the crowd. Tom and Maria Small, Rotarians from Alaska, saw a need for the club in their new island home. The first president was Mary Calbert. Other original San Juan Island members include Chris Spaulding, Bill Weisinger, Diane Geisy, John Alsop, Rusty Pollock, Phil Mayer, and Peter Whiting. 
While most of their funding stays in the community, the club is strongly active internationally as well. The club joined the International Project Alliance in 2015. According to Mike Griffin, international chair, IPA have a long-term commitment to assisting indigenous Mayan people in 38 mountain villages of the Copan Ruinas region of western Honduras. IPA is a large collaborative group of rotary clubs in northwest Washington state and one in British Columbia. Founded in 2014, IPA's projects cover most areas of international aid, including education, health, food and agriculture, water and sanitation, construction, and economic development. There are four trips planned yearly. This allows members to meet their sponsored students and visit schools to deliver books, uniforms, and local work projects. The club adopted the Rosalita Grade School in 2015 and sponsors three to five students each year. San Juan Rotarians later went on to adopt the entire village. Members have also personally adopted students in several villages around the region, some of whom have continued through high school and on to college. Rotary of San Juan members have traveled to New Zealand to assist with Habitat for Humanity, funded cancer screenings in Mexico, assisted financially installing water purifiers in 15 schools in India, as well as a deep water well in Zambia that had been damaged in a thunderstorm. Local Rotarians also installed a solar power system and training of the system in Haiti for women to power their sewing machines. Recently, the club was among 24 chapters to receive special recognition from Rotary International for their support of the End Polio Now countdown. Current President Susan Martin announced to the anniversary attendees, Over the last two decades, Rotary has made a significant impact throughout the islands. There is now a satellite chapter on Orcas Island. This group is a small but mighty force that raised $13,000 last year during the Orcas Island Rotary Pickleball Tournament fundraiser. This amount was doubled over the past year. The original Rock the Dock became their first major fundraiser. The event was created by Mike Close and lasted at least a decade. The Rotary Car Show is currently their major fundraiser for their local projects, raising funds for the Joyce L. Sobel Family Resource Center, Family Umbrella Group, Mobile Dental Van, as well as for Polio Plus of Rotary International. The event raised $17,000 last year. To assist island schools, members have participated in the San Juan Islands Public Schools Foundation annual fundraiser Knowledge Bowl, winning first prize in 22, established a bus shelter, and participated each year in the Children's Festival, Fourth of July Parade, and the Great Island Cleanup. Literacy has been a major component of their mission, over the past 13 years, Rotarians have distributed dictionaries to 3rd to 5th graders throughout the county, amounting to approximately 4,776 books. They also hold an annual spelling bee and established two free libraries. 
Realizing island youth were going through weekends without food, the chapter created 36 weekends. To reduce food insecurity, the program provides two breakfasts, two lunches, two dinners, and snacks for elementary-age students. Project manager Paul Mayer explained that when children are hungry, behavioral issues arise. Superintendent Fred Woods told me that since COVID, when we started doing a more expansive food program with 36 weekends, those behavior problems basically disappeared, Mayer added. He also gave kudos to the Joyce L. Sobel Family Resource Center, with whom Rotary partners to reach the families in need. They have been great, Mayer said. The program costs approximately $32,000 per year, or $500 per student, Mayer told the attendees. Rotary recently received a grant to expand the program throughout the summer, which would have a tremendous impact for the island youth. The anniversary dinner auction on December 10th raised $15,000 for the program. With the expansion, 36 weekends will have a permanent home soon and will need additional volunteers for packing and deliveries. You can see the smiles on their faces when you deliver the food, Mayer said. To learn more about Rotary, visit rotaryfoundationsanjuanislands.org. From the Islands Weekly, Lopez Lobos played their hearts out against the Lummi Nation. Submitted by Jean Helfman. When perennial basketball power Lummi Nation visits, Lopez can get its hopes up, but reality often sets in quickly. Such was the case for the December 14th games, with both Lopez teams falling behind early and never really threatening. Also, as usual, both Lopez teams played their hearts out throughout the games, despite the foregone conclusions. In the ladies' game, Lummi Nation was ahead at halftime 39-15. to This lead grew, and the final score was Lummi Nation 73, Lopez 24. Lopez scoring was led by Danny Arnott with 12 points, followed by Betty Burt with 6. Melissa Valencia, Iris Irvin McLean, and Evelyn Aquilar Clavel also scored. Coach Kerry Warner was still upbeat afterward, happy with the way the team played. The girls are moving forward, working on quick passes and getting it down the floor quick. This was probably the toughest team we'll play this year. I told the girls not to worry about the score. In the men's match, a similar script was followed, with Lummi Nation ahead 42-8 at the half. Lopez regrouped again in the third period and slowed the Blackhawks' attack while scoring at a better pace. The game ended 69-17. The Lobos were led by Ethan Patrick with eight points, followed by Silas Gronley with four. Oliver Rick, Henry Robles, and Andres Meisner also got in on the scoring. Coach Shane Patrick felt Lopez could learn a great deal by studying the Blackhawks' play. Lummy's an all-around athletic and well-coached team, which kind of gives us a benchmark to shoot for. We need to apply what they did to our play. Our guys gave a good effort, but we played a really good team. We'll work on what they did well. 
Lopez resumes play after the new year, with a match against Providence on January 4th. New J-Pod Baby Statement The Center for Whale Research has received reports and photos from Puget Sound killer whale researchers Maya and Mark Sears of a new calf with J-Pod on December 26th. The calf was not with the pod in recent CWR encounters or when Mark and Maya saw the whales on the 23rd, making this calf just a few days old. The calf was primarily observed near adult female J40, who has not yet had a calf, as well as other J-pod females. J40 seems to be the most likely mother, but we'll try to confirm this in subsequent encounters. The calf's sex is unknown. We hope to see lots more of this calf in the coming weeks and months, and that both the calf and its mother will be able to thrive. Update from December 29th. Maya Sears shared a viewfinder photo with David Elifrit of the underside of J60. Dave was able to confirm that J60 is a boy. We can't wait to see this new J-Pod baby firsthand. And now, a few choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's log. Apparently, crime is down. On December 30th, a Lopez resident requested assistance, releasing an angry raccoon from a live trap. They were referred to Wolf Hollow. On December 31st, someone on San Juan abandoned a vehicle on Douglas Road that was partially blocking a travel lane. Deputies impounded the vehicle and documented the incident. On January 1st, a deputy on San Juan responded to a report of a suspicious bicycle on the side of the road. The bicycle did not appear to be in a condition to be ridden and also appeared to have been abandoned on the side of the road. Deputies collected the bicycle as found property. I just have to wonder what it is exactly that makes a bicycle appear suspicious. Was it Wearing a mask? Did it have dark clothes? Was it gesturing threateningly to drivers on the road? We may never know. And this concludes the January 10th edition of the Island Digest. The Island Digest is happy to wish all of our listeners a very happy new year, and may 2024 be full of abundance and joy for us all. Stay warm this weekend, and remember to unscrew your hoses from the house and protect any exposed water pipes with whatever insulating material you may have. It's going to get cold. Thanks again for listening, and come back next week for more local news from San Juan County, Washington. I'm Caleb Summers.